On this episode of NHL Fantasy on Ice, Rob, Pete, and Nick Alberga do the potpourri shuffle. End-to-end discussion to get you primed for your drafts and the start of the season. Drop the puck already. What's up, everybody? We're getting closer to puck drop on the regular season coming to you on this Thursday morning. Rob Reese, Pete Jensen. Robbie, getting closer, man. I can feel it. I can feel it in my bones, Pete. And we were actually at a soccer game uh, last night, so I think it's time to switch sports for the season and get going into hockey. I could feel it in my plums. <laughs> the season is right around the corner, baby. That is one of the greatest movie or show references of all time. And honestly, I can say this with true confidence, one of the only ones I'll ever be able to identify. (laughs) Well, Mock Draft 3.0 is a big topic of discussion here today. We also got a lot of preseason storylines, a big trade this week. So let's get the ball rolling here. So let's bring in one of the goats of fantasy hockey, Nick Alberga with Sportsnet. He does radio coverage, fantasy hockey coverage, and check out his unmuzzled podcast. Heard you had a huge guest on, Nick. Tell us about it. Yeah, Kenny Holland, the GM and president of hockey operations for the Edmonton Oilers. Nice little one-on-one. We talk some load management. That's a big question, at least in Canada these days, and with Connor McDavid and uh, his history of, of injury and getting back to full fleek. Uh, that was certainly something I asked. Yes, he's fully is another name I brought up. So I encourage all to uh, go check that out uh, wherever they get their podcasts. What's going on, boys? A lot's happening, Nick. We're going to get to an assortment of topics with you from a fantasy standpoint. But the big one from this week so far, Justin Falk goes from Carolina to St. Louis. Are you seeing a fantasy impact benefiting Justin Falk? I certainly am. Um, I will say with the added caveat that I do think from an offensive standpoint, Justin Falk is a bit more overrated than people think. Uh, I'm not crazy about the $6.5 million cap hit. Um, following this season, mind you, uh, it is what it is at this point in time. That said, I think there's there's better opportunities, I would say, to generate offense on the back end in St. Louis as opposed to Carolina. Very curious to see if he's on the back end on the number one power play unit and gets some some severe exposure to the likes of Tarasenko and O'Reilly. So from that standpoint, I do think uh, a bump is in store when it comes to the fantasy value of Justin Falk. But all in all, I, I think Doug Armstrong guys did a really, really good job in this trade and got value for Justin Falk. Like, I'm not t- calling him a terrible defenseman, but it's certainly an upgrade on Joel Edmondson. What would you guys think? Well, that, yeah, I mean, that's a no-brainer, Nick. But <laughs> I think I'm in the minority, honestly, just viewing Twitter. with I actually do like Justin Falk a lot. And I think it's interesting, too, that Alex Petrangelo uh, kind of got his power play one spot in jeopardy last season from Vince Dunn, who cut into it. So this season, I think that spot's up for grabs. I think they saw something they did not like with Petrangelo there, and I think Falk could get on that spot, and I do think he is an offensive talent, double-digit goals, and we're looking at a high number of assists that Tarasenko gets back up to 30, 40 goals. Yeah, I was actually reading that Justin Falk, I believe, has the seventh most goals by defenseman since 14 or 15. He had that massive uh, one season where he's one of the top-scoring defensemen in the league, so he could generate that spark, and um, especially when you have the the potential of getting that right-handed shooting defenseman position on PP1 guys. The chance to have Tarasenko on the one-timer or vice versa, I think, is massive. We know the value of Braden Shen here in his contract season. Ryan O'Reilly's coming off an unbelievable Stanley Cup playoffs and a really good, you know, solid fantasy season in general. So I think there is prime opportunity, certainly, when it comes to Justin Falk. Um, you know, uh, for sure, I think his fantasy value, as mentioned, has, has taken... A, a massive step in the right direction. I just feel like in Carolina, he sort of fell out of favor 
from an offensive standpoint on the back end. So this is big for him. I think this could be a really good thing for Jake Gardner on the other side of the trade. I mean, in St. Louis right now, it's interesting that the best team in the league from last year, Cup champ, they got better a week before the start of the season, but there's still a bunch of guys there. There's Pareko also under the new coach, uh, new power play coach, Mark Savard. There's also Vince Dunn who could get power play looks. On the other side, Jake Gardner could be power play one with all of Carolina's young studs. Yeah, you're not wrong with that uh, assessment, Pete. And certainly, I think when you look at PP1 in Carolina right now, spearheaded by Sebastian Ajo, gets that contract in the offseason. I think another guy to watch, quite frankly, in Carolina is Andrei Svechnikov. Uh, he showed shades last year when he wasn't fighting Alex Ovechkin that he's a tremendous <laughs> hockey player and only scratching the surface. Uh, Table Teravonin's another guy who never gets the respect he deserves in fantasy circles. And Nino Niederreiter. Uh, we know what he did uh, after coming over from the Minnesota Wild. I still can't believe Victor Rask for Nino Niederreiter, and maybe a big reason why Paul Fenton is jobless at this point in time. But I think ultimately they will start with Dougie Hamilton on that back end and go with you know one defenseman, four forwards on the first power play unit. But certainly I think you look at PP2, at least to start, we'll say. Gardner's going to be on there in some aspect. Jake Slavin's another guy. And then Ryan Dezingle, I know he was banged up and, um, you know, the, the rest is, is, is to be written right there. But certainly I think a key guys, we always talk about this when it comes to goaltending is having two bona fide guys in there. I think ultimately what you want in this analytics era, especially in any professional sport, is two competent units. And uh, certainly in Carolina, their ability to move the puck is going to be huge with the names they have there right now. So Braden Point signed his bridge deal with the Tampa Bay Lightning. News broke shortly after that he could miss a month of the regular season. Does that hurt his fantasy value and where you take him in drafts? First off, I, I don't understand why he chose to sign this contract now, considering he knew he wasn't ready to start the season. I, I guess it just speaks volumes to him wanting to be back with his team. But he could have played hardball knowing he can't come back till late October. But nonetheless... Um, you know, I still I, I'm in that community that suggests that Braden Point could be the best player pound for pound on this Tampa Bay Lightning team. He, he's such you know heartbeat type guy of this team, and certainly uh, I think you look at the perspective of a fantasy owner, you are going to miss roughly a season or excuse me, not a season, a month of production from a Braden Point. But uh, I think you know there will be people out there the recency type bias that they'll be looking at, you know, the contract situation and also the fact that he's going to miss some time and pass up on a Braden point. I think my advice to fantasy owners is jump all over that. We know what he brings to the table. We know his importance and we know the, the exposure. How, how do you guys feel on a Braden point going into the season? I think it's a good opportunity now to get Nikita Kucherov's likely line mate come November outside the top 50 overall. He went 34th in the mock draft 3.0 that we did with you, Nick. And then mm -hmm. the previous mock draft, the 12-teamer, he went 48th. So he was even falling in that center-only realm where he would uh, get knocked back a couple of spots even before he was signed, before we knew about the injury. So now you could probably get this guy maybe 60, 70 in some drafts, which is ridiculous value. And for me, Nick, I really truly believe that Braden Point is a player you cannot pass up on, especially because I think they're trying to get Anthony Sorelli to play center on Stammer's line. So that does indicate that Kucherov and Point is the bonafide pair there. And center, think about the center position. You can get Nico Heischer, a top-line center with Taylor Hall exposure in round 13 or 14 of drafts. Mm -hmm. So definitely take Braden Point where his ADP is and don't worry about it. 
Yeah, you guys know how I feel on Nico Heischer, contract year guys. I'm all over them. I think ultimately there's all this craze, and I'm rightfully so about Jack Hughes, but guys, I will not be shocked that Taylor Hall and Nico Heischer are an item exclusively this season for a long period of time. They have the previous history, uh, the chemistry to stand by, but I think when you look at Tampa, guys, across the board, there's just so much fantasy value to be had. Uh, if you're looking for a defenseman late in your drafts, I would certainly have a look at Mikhail Sergachev again with the theme of guys in contract seasons. I don't know if you guys saw this. I'm sure you did. Um, so far, it's Hedman and Sergachev in a pairing, and that's some scary, scary stuff in terms of who who they can throw up front first and foremost. And when you play with Victor Hedman, one of the best defensemen in the NHL, that gives you more reign to sort of gun it, especially being an offensive defenseman like Sergachev and more leash to do something offensively. And uh, that can provide some serious value late in your draft because um, usually when I do my drafts, I will wait for a couple of my D slots late in the draft and find some value that way. And that's another theme uh, I, I'm sure we'll talk about going forward here, guys, is some of the young defensemen maybe to target. Uh, Ala, you know, Amiro, Miro Haskinen and guys of that ilk in years past. I think, yeah, the later rounds you can pounce on any number of these Tampa Bay Lightning guys. There's Tyler Johnson. Maybe he could play some center or some wing in the top six. Andre Palat covers hits. Maybe could play on power play one. There's Shattenkirk, uh, dare I say it, maybe could get worked into the power play mix. And then Sorelli, I think, is a big one here. If Sorelli is playing, I mean, he was playing in the bottom six last year, and he was top five among rookies in points. This guy's playing in the top six. Even for a month or two, he's going to have immense streaming value. Yeah, you're not wrong there. Another guy I'll throw uh, quickly is Yanni Hockey, Yanni Gord. Um, from his standards, considering his breakout season where he had 64 points and 25 goals, I do think he can get back in that 55 to 60 point range. Granted, I get it, he's on the third line, but again, uh, the ability to have so much exposure to some big boys like Kucherov and Point when he's healthy and Stamkos and Hedman, like the list is, is ridiculous. I think you can find some serious value in what Yanni Gord can bring to the table as well. Yanni Hockey, I have not heard that one, but I'm <laughs> going to start using name. that one. I now, made it up, that's why. <laughs> okay, patent pending. Now, for guys that are still unsigned, Rantanen, Line A, and Connor, what do you do with them in drafts? Well, first and foremost, I would hope they've learned a thing or two from previous RFAs, namely William Nylander, who I, I just think that that situation was never going to be a good one considering how much time he missed and how murky the situation got, he, he never got up to speed till late, late in the season with like a game left in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And ultimately, we know the, the story by now, the Leafs lose in seven games. But I would have to think, guys, at least two of those three will be um, in, on their opening rosters. Um, you know, the sense is that Patrick Line is getting closer to something, although he still wants something north of $7 million per season. Yeah, right. There's a pecking order, guys. We know that right now. Braden Point signs his contract, Kachuk signs his contract. So you'd have to think somewhere in there lies the AAV on a bridge contract for Patrick Laine. That makes the most sense right now, and ultimately it's going to come down to who wants to play hockey. I think Kyle Connor is going to sign a long-term deal, and I think I think it's likely Miko Rantanen is going to sign something, I would say, even in the next 24 to 48 hours. At the end of the day, you don't want to miss any time, again, for a variety of reasons. A, you love hockey, you want to play hockey. You know you still realize you're getting a lot of money, and I think ultimately – Somebody will cave. Uh, I don't know what side it's going to be, but I would not, as somebody you know who would be an agent, I would never say, hey, um, it's time to miss some time, considering a lot of factors, but also the Willie Nylander effect I think is going to be huge in this situation. So um, I, I, would, I would think there's going to be a resolution in all three of these cases. Miko Rantanen went 30 in our mock draft. That's amazing value. If you can get yeah. that guy in the third round, just in the midst of this, I would take the risk every single time on Rantanen. That said, with... 
line A, I'm starting to sweat a little bit. You know, we're, <laughs> we're on the runway here. The Jets were supposed to take off offensively, and everybody's sweating. Everybody's waiting for hours and hours on the runway. Patrick Line needs to sign. He needs to get his, his game on track, let alone this contract situation, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think Winnipeg is maybe the most fascinating storyline right now in fantasy hockey, uh, considering those two RFAs. But Dustin Bufflin, a guy easily, I would say, what, inside our top 80 players, both uh, you yep. know NHL.coms as well as uh, Sportsnet's fantasy hockey rankings. And I, I think the man sweating right now is Kevin Sheveldayoff, the general manager of the Winnipeg Jets. Like, he has to do something. This is a bona fide contender. Let's not uh, lose grips on that because a year ago we were all talking about the Winnipeg Jets being a perennial contender for the Cup. I still feel that way. I think Connor Hellebuck is primed for a bounce-back season. I actually had him ranked third in terms of goalies. I'm going to stick with that. Mm. I think he's going to be much better this season. That team is going to be better defensively than most people think. But you need your big boys back. You need Line back, and you need Kyle Connor back. And I think ultimately um, somebody has to come to the pressure, and I think it's going to be Kevin Sheveldayoff, and he's going to find a way because – uh, we don't know how the Buffalo situation is going to play out, and who knows, maybe if a trade is coming, maybe a Nikolai Ehlers is out there via trade if they need a defenseman. But um, there, there's a lot to be had, guys, that we'll say in the next couple days. Um, I, I know Winnipeg has been linked to Erasmus Ristolainen. There's a history there as well with Buffalo and Winnipeg making mm-hmm. trades back in the day. So um, I, I don't think I don't think we've heard the, the end of things when it comes to Winnipeg between now and the beginning of the NHL regular season next Wednesday. Well, my jaw literally struck the floor when you said that you had Hellebuck as your number three goalie. That's, <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, I, will, I will challenge you on that a little bit, but we have spent a lot of time talking about the Jets. I think they're going to be a different team when Line A and Connor signs. People will be back in on them. How about the Canucks, though? Brock, Brock Besser, a popular player in fantasy, is in concussion protocol. Is that a player now in rounds five and six you might shy away from drafting? Uh, not really, to be honest. I think in this day and age, we do have a better and firmer understanding of concussions and concussion protocol. And I think it might just be me. Like, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it seems like players come back quicker than they used to, say, five, six years ago from concussions. Granted, we don't know the extent of this concussion, but, um, you know, you'd have to think as well the fact that Besser finished that game is really, really good news, although maybe he didn't know he had a concussion. But, uh, they're clearly going to take their time, but let's not forget it was you know over a week between the concussion and the beginning of the season for the Vancouver Canucks. So to answer your question, I wouldn't shy away from drafting a Brock Besser. I mean, that unbelievable exposure to an Elias Pettersson, perhaps. Uh, Michael Furlan potentially could play on that line and, and open up space. I mean, that's the one thing to think about Alex Ovechkin and, and Backstrom and company in Washington, why they have so much space. Mm-hmm. It's your boy Tom Wilson, right? And I think Michael Furlan can play that type of role and um, you know, giving those type of guys, the skill guys, the sniper guys, and Brock Besser that time and space to do some damage. So I, I, I certainly wouldn't shy away. How do you guys feel about, you know, Brock Besser healthy and Brock Besser currently with his concussion protocol? I think when Brock Besser is healthy, if you stack him with Patterson, that could win you your league. I think if, mm-hmm. better, uh, if Besser misses more time and it's more of the same old story, that could really burn you. So I, with this concussion news or possible concussion news, I would probably shy away from stacking those two, not necessarily drafting Besser. I would still draft Besser around 75. He went 71 before the news, uh, the top of round six in our 14-team mock draft for what it's worth. Yeah, that's not too bad. And, I, you know, it is a recency type thing. And I think, you know, we often talk about, hey, should this guy slip? 
I think as a fantasy owner, you have to do your due diligence and say, hey, if this guy slips, should, should, I, should I make the play? I mean, there's a variety of guys last year, Will and Nylander. I know he didn't work out, but you have to make that decision when you get to your drafts. And honestly, it gets to a point where it's a pick-by-pick basis when you're trying to decide. And sometimes I just lean towards picking the best player available and, and the odds wherever they may land following that. And again, it's always rolling the dice, especially with a head issue. But you, you sometimes have to give the benefit of the doubt. Uh, the track record of the player, I know he's been a little um, injury-riddled the last couple of years in his first couple of years here in the NHL, but uh, the value to me, guys, is still outstanding, and there's more pros and cons as to why I'm taking that gamble to, to select Besser in that range. Let's talk about the other Nylander brother, Alex Nylander, who's been on the top line with Jonathan Taves all preseason. Is that a must-draft sleeper for you? Um, he, he's headed towards that territory. As you saw in our mock, I believe I took him with my last pick and certainly one of those players. I think uh, Victor Olsen is another guy we'll talk about coming up uh, with Buffalo and his exposure to Jack Eichel. I think as long as Alex Nylander continues to play with Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane, that has to be a thing in fantasy circles. We know the pedigree's there. We know he's a top 10 selection by Buffalo. We know he was traded in the offseason, so maybe um, lit a spark on him, so to speak, just a tad like we know it runs in the family so it's maybe putting it together and when you're playing with two sure fire hall of famers and offensive dynamos especially in in the in the case of Patrick Kane um I to answer your question for sure like I'm at least taking with my late picks I always like to have some sleeper plays they don't work out Mm -hmm. guys you hit the waiver wire there's always a couple guys in the first couple weeks of the season who just out of nowhere have unbelievable years and you have to act quickly but I would definitely give Alex Nylander a flyer at least a flyer, uh, because I think this exposure is massive news. I mean, you don't look far. You don't look far in Chicago to see what um, you know a change of scenery can do. Look at Dylan Strom right in that second line, um, and you know having his buddy Alex DeBrincat. Uh, he, mm-hmm. he was he was an afterthought in fantasy circles a year ago at this time, and now he gets that trade to Chicago, and he's certainly a guy who's uh, definitely being taken inside the top 200. I like what I saw from Jeremy Colleton last year. I think I put him in my top three. Uh, Adams Award finalist for mm-hmm. this year. I think that he's going to be able to find the right mixes and matches. That said, there might be some line flux. Like we could see Taves play with Kane every other couple of games when things dry up offensively. Kajula is going to be up there. You know, there are other pieces to the puzzle. So that's my worry with Alexander Nylander, even with the change of scenery. Olafson, though, was a guy I saw late in the season. Uh, he played against the Islanders on the day when the Islanders clinched a playoff spot. And Olafson was the only guy that stood out in that game. He was playing on power play one with Eichel. He scored a power play goal. He's looked really impressive this preseason. And I know you've been on him all off season long. Oh, definitely. And uh, I'll be honest, one of my buddies is a big-time Sabres fan, and he told me, and he saw this coming last year, like, you know, same thing you're saying. I mean, there late bloomers do happen in the NHL world. He's a 2014 mm-hmm. seventh-round pick, Mr. Irrelevant almost. And um, I think important to note is the fact that he has plenty of experience in professional hockey under his belt. He's not 19, 20. He's 24 years of age. So certainly in a in a part of his career which could make or break his career and certainly the the track record speaks for itself um you know with rochester last year he was almost a point per game player scores 30 goals and uh, really has continued where he left off in the AHL so far in six games in the nhl and um certainly a team when you look at buffalo guys and ralph kruger i think 
you're going to laugh because we always say this. Buffalo's a team I have my eye on this year. I just love his system. I love what he can make something out of nothing. I still can't believe Team Europe was in the final of the last World Cup of Hockey. Like, I believe in the Ralph Kruger system, and maybe I'm crazy, which many of you know who have listened to me. I probably am. Uh, but they're looking for offensive you know, you know, depth scoring. And you, you know what you're going to get from Michael. Uh, curious to see what happens to Jeff Skinner here after signing that massive contract. with Victor Olsen, I think, has a really, really good opportunity to stick in a top six role in Buffalo. And um, to add to that, another guy I'm really looking at in Buffalo and maybe have a breakout a bit here is Casey Middlestat, right? The pedigree's there, another top ten pick. And I think if they shelter him a bit more, I think he's going to have a big year for them. Now, in Mock Draft 3.0, Nick, your two goalies were Robin Lehner and Jonathan Quick. First of all, I don't think you'll be challenging goalie master for his title this year, especially <laughs> after the Hellebuck take. Who, but tell me, so who, why, is, who, is who goalie... created this this goalie master title? Like, <laughs> is it, it, it like knowing Satriano, he probably made it up, right? <laughs> yes, it did come from Satriano himself. I oh. can confirm that. But do you think goalie <laughs> is a position in fantasy hockey that's sort of like quarterback in fantasy football, where you can wait to take these guys? First and foremost, I think Satriano's got to face the music. But to get to the point, um, I like. Goaltending is so difficult, guys, because there are guys every year. Like, look at Jordan Bennington. He came out of nowhere. But it, it's it's buyer beware, I think, when it comes to goaltending. I will stress, um, because it's important, it, the position has never been this crazy, um, volatile, if you will. More teams are leaning on their backups way more. More teams have one Bs as opposed to definitive starting net miners. And that's why, uh, you know, I've done a couple drafts, a couple mock drafts for sure, and I maybe waited a bit longer if I'm not getting my top guys. Um, obviously, I love Vasilevsky. I have my worries, I'll be honest, with Ben Bishop, just the injury pass and the injury history. And mm-hmm. he was so amazing last year. You wonder if he can double up. I really like Fred- Frederick Anderson with the Toronto Maple Leafs. I'm the only guy who likes Connor Hellebuck. And, and I'll take him <laughs> in my top seven. Yeah, I'll take him in my top 75. Like, I think I feel like I'm getting value there. Mm-hmm. Um, but certainly, I think when you look at later round guys, like, I think Leonard's got some value, although he's on the shelf right now, potentially. Corey Crawford in a contract year. Um, never underestimate the motivating factors for players, whether it be goaltenders. Like, this guy's looking to get paid. It probably won't come from Chicago, but you never know, and I think he's going to have a bounce-back season. Again, it gets back to the recency bias. You forget how good Corey Crawford was before just a very disappointing injury-riddled season last year. Like, he's a really, really good goalie. Another guy I've been targeting, as you mentioned, Jonathan Quick. Like, this guy's a gamer for a reason. He's one of the best goalies in the NHL in, say, the last decade, and he's not, like, 50 years old. Like, I, I still think he has a lot to bring to the table, and I think Todd McClellan, um, you know, when it comes to L.A., they know they don't have the offense to compete, so they're going to shut things down and be a much better uh, defensive team, you would think, and win and maybe lose a lot of 2-1 hockey games. So I do think there is some uh, outstanding value when it comes to a guy like Jonathan Quick because the pedigree is there, guys. Like, it's not a guy we've never heard of. Um, it's still Jonathan Quick, and I, I tend to lean on guys who have names who are coming off down seasons. So uh, while people may think I'm nuts for, for stressing guys like this, like I think there's some pretty decent value to be had if you're getting these guys, say, 160 to 200. Yeah, I mean, if you would ask me the question, would I rather have Henrik Lundqvist around the top 100 or would I rather have Jonathan Quick like 170, I would take Quick. And along the same point of what you were saying about Crawford, I got Crawford at 171 as my That's third great. goalie behind Pekka and Varlamov. So mm-hmm. I'd take those guys to bat um, any day of the week, I think. And Crawford's a nice number three. Yeah, like exactly. And I again to to make the point, like if you're not getting your bone, like I think any draft strategy 
you have to be, you know, have a strategy in mind when you go into your drafts. And I think we always see this in every fantasy draft, mock or not, guys. Like, there always is a surge on goaltending at some point in time. And you don't want to be lost uh, without the chair, so to speak. And But I do think you can find some value. Maybe just get your bona fide stud in your first couple picks and then ultimately wait and you can find some value later uh, in your draft. So speaking of value, we released our top bargains of fantasy hockey on NHL.com backslash fantasy yesterday. A couple guys were looking at Brady Kachuk, Tom Wilson, Kevin LeBanc. Any one of those wings stand out to you in late rounds? Yeah, so, uh, you know, I wrote some guys down. I think uh, certainly the name that sticks out from that list is Brady Kachuk. Uh, I know he had two goals and two assists. Granted, it was a preseason game against the Vancouver Canucks, and both rosters were not, you know, the rosters we'll probably see on opening night. But I think you look at the body of work of uh, Matthew Kachuk, who is the uh, the brother, of course, of, of Brady Kachuk. I mean, he went, what, 46 to 47 or 48 to 49, and then 77 points. I think trajectory um, tells us that it's going upwards for Brady Kachuk. I think the the ability and the opportunity is not like Matthew in, in Calgary because he has Johnny Goodrow and Sean Monaghan. Mm-hmm. Kachuk's like their top winger already, guys. Like He gets so much exposure right away. He's going to get the minutes. He's getting PP1. He's getting Tomas Shabbat. Like he's getting everything um, to make him a successful fantasy player. And I do think he is a legitimate sleeper because I think we do forget. Like Ottawa probably will be bad, but probably not as bad as people think. And they will score goals. And who's going to score those goals? Like it's got to be a guy like Brady Kachuk. And I do think he can bring a lot to a fantasy pie, whether it be uh, you know hits or you know, penalty minutes if you have that in your mm-hmm. league or providing offense. So Brady Kachuk is certainly a guy I'm looking at. Uh, Victor Olofsson. Another guy who had a really, really strong preseason in Clem Costin. Let's not forget mm-hmm. a former first-round pick. Um, we'll see. Uh, you know, the Blues have a lot of depth, as we saw last year. Sammy Blaze, another guy who's had a really strong offensive showing here in the preseason. Again, you always have to take the preseason with a grain of salt. But um, I also, on that note, you don't want to shy away from guys who – um, have a lot of momentum going into the regular season. And certainly I think when you get later in your drafts, a lot of the guys are pipe dreams and actually working out anyway. So to take your chance. Why not, right? There's an interesting question uh, gambling-related to us uh, on Twitter last night. Uh, this guy Patrick on Twitter was asking about the Senators over under point total, 70 and a half. I'm inclined to take under because even though you said that they're going to get a lot of top-heavy scoring from Shabbat and Kachuk, I mean, they only had 64 points last year in a season when they had Mark Stone and Matthew Shane, so that scares me away. Yeah, I mean, I mean you look at the division too, guys. Uh, I, I would legit say there's four legitimate teams, not to use the word legitimate so much, but, you know, the Boston Bruins, the you know, the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Florida Panthers, the Tampa Bay Lightning. We think, and we say this every year, so, um, you know, notwithstanding just a month last year, the Buffalo Sabres, we think they're going to be a better team. The Montreal Canadiens have Carey Price and Shea Weber, so they're always going to be a team that's hovering, in my opinion, because they have such solid forces like that. Um, Detroit's probably a very easy, beatable game. Usually, I think they're the worst team in the division, but um, alongside the Ottawa Senators, I think it's honestly going to be a battle between those two teams. I think Ottawa's going to be better. I think we've already seen it in the preseason. Um, just their style's a bit different under DJ Smith than it was under uh, Guy Boucher. I think he sort of lost the room. I know it's cliche to say that. Um, but I, I think you'll get a spirited effort, effort from the Ottawa Senators on a nightly basis. But certainly just looking at their division, um, there, there's not many points to be had um, in the regular season. So I, I don't think you're wrong in that assessment. Preseason cup final pick, Nick, who you got? Okay, um, you know, it's so easy to pick Tampa guys. I think some point in time that team is going to find a way. 
Um, I, I guess I'll call them a dark horse. I still like the Vegas Golden Knights quite a bit. Um, Marc-Andre Fleury, his pedigree, I'd love them to add another defenseman. We'll see if that happens. So I'm going to go with the Vegas Golden Knights. I know it's not crazy because they were you know, a team that was in the Stanley Cup final a couple years back, but I'm in love you know, from a fantasy perspective with that Pacioretty, Stasny, and, and Mark Stone line. Cody Glass could get a look this year. He's another guy you want to talk about sleepers, the potential. I don't know if he fits in their top six dynamics right now, but they have you know, two top lines, I would say, in Vegas. And I know it's a strong division. Maybe San Jose takes a step back. You never know. They lose Joe Pavelski and all that. But um, I'll go with the Vegas Golden Knights. I, I, you know, to that point, do I have much confidence in that? Not really. I did pick the Edmonton Oilers to win the Stanley Cup a season ago. I'm not letting that go, by the way. I do think the Oilers make the playoffs, by the way. But you got to love covering this game, guys. Like, there's so many – like, you, you can make your best guess. There's so much parity in this league. And considering what we saw in last year's Stanley Cup playoffs, it is so damn hard to pick a cup winner right now, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, I love the heartbreak potentially leading to a championship, and that certainly applies to the Tampa Bay Lightning or the Vegas Golden Knights. Nice pick, Nick. It's called revenge, my man. You know that. <laughs> Good stuff, Nick. Thanks so much for joining us. Everybody should hit up Nick on Twitter, at the Golden Muzzy, and we really appreciate you chiming in here less than a week away from the start of the season. Boys, always a pleasure. Thanks so much for everything you do, and uh, good luck to everybody out there in your various fantasy drafts. And we'll tell Satriano you said hello. <laughs> uh, he'll probably listen to this a billion times and cry about it. Thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> Thanks, Nick. Some interesting nuggets from Nick there, especially the Connor Hellebuck thing stood out to me. But going back to this mock draft, I know goalie master, we've given him a hard time lately. I think his reputation is seriously on the line this season. His number one goalie in that mock draft available on NHL.com backslash fantasy was Devin Dubnik. That's not cutting it. Uh, and it's funny. We actually have one of my buddies, Eric, who used to work here, listens to our podcast and knows Dave. And mm -hmm. he was like, you guys are pretty hard on Dave. Some of your guests are pretty hard on Dave. But that pick, it's rightfully so. Devin Dubnik, the Wild have no chance to make the playoffs, in my opinion. Davey can handle the heat, okay? He's got thick skin, but I don't know if you ever recover from Dubnik being your first goalie. You're the goalie master, and you take Dubnik, Davey. Now, I don't want to be too hard on you, but that that's embarrassing. I mean, and this is our third mock draft. So at this point in the mock drafting, I mean, you think by now, you know, target a better goalie than Devin Dubnik. Yeah, I mean, I just, like the Minnesota Wild to me, maybe you're taking a stab at, like, Matthew Dumba, right, in the middle rounds, mm -hmm. but... You're not really flocking to this team. I think in one of my max, uh, this mock actually, mm -hmm. I took Zuccarello with my last pick just because he's going to play a ton of minutes per game. But Devin Dubnik, like, there's no way he's going to get 30 wins again. He's going to play like 60 games mm -hmm. if that's what you're going for. But I'm just not seeing it here. Yeah, tough division. And all drafts are starting next week. So, or starting this week, excuse me. Like, today is the hot day going into the weekend. So, get your lineup set, get your mock drafts out of the way. And hit us up on Twitter, too. If you have any last minute draft questions, I'm at NHL Reese, Pete's at NHL Jensen, and we both share the fantasy handle at NHL Fantasy. And Bob's at Air Checked. Yeah, if you need to ask about he Cody CC, please hit up Air Checked on Twitter. I have so much information on Cody CC. <laughs> Top pairing, potentially, with the Toronto Maple Leafs. I'm just saying, hit me up you're, at Air Checked. You're going to look like a genius if one of the Toronto defenders gets hurt and Cody CC starts playing big minutes. We're all, we're, I'm never going to hear the end of this. Imagine he's playing with Riley or Tyson Barry at even strength that's going to be crazy but one thing i wanted to tell our listeners so tonight i got your we got your schedule all planned for you listen mm -hmm. to this pod during the day which you already are then listen to and watch 
me and Rob, NHL Network, 7 p.m. Eastern in the mm. United States, one-hour fantasy special. Check it out. We do it once a year. It's a blast. And it is airing six other times. A lot of uh, network exposure for the two of us, Pete. <laughs> uh, maybe the contract's coming in soon or it's lost in the mail, but either way, definitely <laughs> check out the network special. We break down everything. We do debate segments. We do who you should draft, number one overall. If we haven't beat that to a pulp this whole offseason long, yeah, and we have some new things as well. Like we were just touching on some bargains. We go through bargains, all the sleep, our updated sleepers, mm-hmm. updated top rookies and all that type of stuff. So really good stuff. Also check out the new podcast at the rink. They dropped a new episode as well this week. And for our show here at NHL Fantasy on Ice, we were the first NHL podcast. So to show us a little bit more love, please leave a five-star review. We're up to 115. So let's hit 120 by the time the season starts. As our producer Bobby said, we are the flagship. Mm. The flagship. I like the ring of that, Mm -hmm. for sure. So for Bob Bender, thanks again. Nick Alberga for joining us. Robbie Reese, Pete Jensen. We appreciate you listening to NHL Fantasy on Ice.